Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sam Squared Show, a podcast for people who like things. Things being us. I'm Sam. I'm Sammy. (laughs) Yeah. I love awkward starts. (laughs) Um, We're very good at them. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. We're already starting in with the cat this week. I'm sure you guys can hear him in the background, meowing his dumb little face off. Uh, Let's just ignore it, (laughs) because I can't do anything to stop it. Um, So, Sammy, what uh, what you drinking on over there? Well, I have Peaches for Me IPA. It is by Red Hook, um, which is out of Seattle, Washington. And this is a limited release. It was in a 12-pack, a variety, like, box that you picked up, I guess, today. Yeah, I uh, stopped down at D&D and snagged a 12-er mix pack of Red Hook. Um, I am drinking Tangelic Halo IPA. Or, I guess, Tangelic Halo IPA. <laughs> I guess the, the tempo matters sometimes when you're when you're reading. <laughs> it's a Tangerine IPA from Red Hook, obviously. Uh, pretty good. Actually, it's one of the better Tangerine IPAs I've had that I like. A little sweet, but not too bad. I don't know. It felt like a beer day to me. The Peaches IPA reminds me a lot of Son of a Peach from RJ Rockers, except that one is just a wheat. So this at least, like, it it starts off sweet like that, but then because of the the IPA hit after the Peaches, then it kind of, um, it kind of, like, wipes your palate a little bit of the, of the sweetness of the fruit, I think, um, versus the Son of a Peach. I used to drink that a lot back in the day. Yeah, it's all about balance when yeah. it comes to flavor. So it's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. Um, trying to look and see what percentage it is, and I'm not seeing it. Oh, and it says peaches and mango. On huh. that, I just assumed peaches, but... Well, I'm giving up. Yeah, it's not important. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> you can look it up online or something if anybody wants to. As long as it's got alcohol, that's all that matters, right? Truth. That's why we drink. That is why you drink. <laughs> you drink to get drunk. Yeah. There's, there's a song somewhere that has that in it. Why do we drink to get drunk? <laughs> I can't say I'm familiar with this tune. Yeah. Well, if you ever worked in a bar in South Carolina, you would know that song. Yeah. Because it is guaranteed to be played on the jukebox at some point during the night. And everyone... Just joins right in. Doesn't even matter. <laughs> Ugh. Two boxes. They're, they bring a strange crowd, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. Cool. So, that's what we're drinking on. Go try some if you haven't. I'm, uh, so I'm going to not talk about drinking anymore. So, hey. Big stuff happened on the farm this week. Actually, I guess last week, we were, we're on a weird recording schedule right now, so sometime recently, a big thing happened on the farm. <laughs> yes, this is Tuesday, and it was Sunday, so our how we have our week set up, we run Monday to Sunday, because that's the way the schedule runs at Blue Mountain, um, so that's just what we use. Um, so officially last week... 
but it was really just a couple days ago. Yeah. So what happened? <laughs> we did the flowers for the vineyard vineyard um, dedication. Yeah. Um, the old drunkard's dome, as they called it. Yeah, I really liked what they had set up. It was awesome. Yeah, they being uh, some regulars from the restaurant that we've, I guess, become more than acquaintances with over the years. Um, what, Kate and David are their names? Mm-hmm, yes. I guess we, we don't have to release their last names. Yes, true. Yeah, we can just say Kate and David. <laughs> yeah, they are um, um, organic homestead farmers. Pretty, yes, they Pretty do much have... retired at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. They have both been retired um, for a little bit. Um, and David always wanted to put a, to make his own wine, and he wanted to do it from you know, growing the grapes and everything. So he, they finally got the, the vineyard in. It's 30 different vines. And they picked, there is um, one day where you appeal to um, Jupiter, the god Jupiter, to bless the the vineyard. And so that's, they kind of had like a little ceremony for that. And it was all, it was like a lot, it was all inclusive. Um, there was... We did some Tibetan prayer flags that they hung up, which they also are going to leave up, hopefully, as deterrents for bears and and birds and stuff like that. Something flapping might might deter them a little bit, but it was really interesting. I enjoyed it. They had an amazing spread of food out there and everything. We were there. Um, they hired us to bring in flowers, and they just wanted flowers all around. So, yeah, we had our biggest harvest. Um it wound yeah. up being eight buckets. Took us, uh, I think, all in all, about two and a half hours in the field to cull all that out. Yes, and we both cut ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, which was great. <laughs> you, you snipped yours. I somehow cut the back of my thumb. I don't even know how I did that. I was stripping leaves off a stem, and all of a sudden, pain and blood. <laughs> Um, but hey, that means my shears are sharp. That's good. <laughs> so yes, and my, um, mine were too. They they snipped uh, right into the tip of my index finger on my left hand because it was sticking out like a. I was holding the flower and it was sticking out, and I went to go cut it. I was trying to move fast, and my finger was just in the way. Luckily, it was just the tip. Yeah. Um, but it hurts, and it's like today's actually the first day that I'm not wearing a band aid on it, and it's like got a little flappy flap flapping around a, well it's just like deep too it's not even that it's a flap it's just like there's there's still a crack like i kind of just shoved it back together and like held it like that for a long time um but there's still like it's still pretty pretty deep and tender and not um not happy yeah i don't think it's infected yet or anything but it definitely feels warmer than it did um earlier so i'm gonna need to clean it up before i go to bed tonight maybe dump some alcohol on it or something that does not sound like fun but again it could have been worse it was just the just a little bit so yeah it didn't like get in between your knuckle and just boop <laughs> yeah right granted i don't think the you had the scissory snipper ones i don't know what are those called pruner no they're not pruners um they're trimmers i believe trimmers. is the official term i can't remember that like all the felcos have numbers i can't remember their number uh -huh. um i love them i probably shouldn't be using them on things like sunflowers although because we spaced ours so much 
tighter than we were supposed to. The stems are um, thinner than they normally are in like single stem sunflowers and stuff. So I don't feel too bad, but I think I'm not, I, th I think I'm not using them correctly. I think I should be using the ones you're using and I'm just using those cause I like them better. Um, but I think that they're supposed to be just for like thinner stuff or maybe like trimming for bouquets or whatever, but I like them out there. So I guess who cares? Yeah. They're, as long as they're working. They cut. But, so I guess that works. <laughs> So we harvested eight buckets of flowers and um, we took them over to Kate and David's and she had a lot of vases out and mason jars and things like that. And we just, you know, made them. She said that she wanted it to look just like they came out of, you know, a garden, which was great because that took a lot of pressure off of not being a formal arrangement. Yeah. And we just built some on the fly. Um, there were a couple like cool vases she had, like one that looked like a set of uh, beakers, um, like science beakers. Um, so I did like some ombre stuff with um, some plume celosia and some coxcomb celosia. Celosia. Yeah, it was a uh, that was cool. Kind of played with the uh, height differences and size differences with that little arrangement. I know that's about the only thing you had planned going into it. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many bouquets we got all together as, or I guess arrangement, vase arrangements, not really bouquets, but, uh, what they have a two story house, a bunch of rooms. So we got at least two to three in every room and had a bunch left over in some buckets to just kind of spread out outside in the, in their garden area. And we did have just like flowers out there as well that we had arranged too. So, I mean, I, I think, and we should have done a count, but I mean, I wasn't thinking. No, we didn't um, have too much everything. time. Yeah, and you know, we definitely learned some things to do differently for next time. But um, all in all, I think um, I think it went great. But yeah, I I think we we did at least like at least twenty, if not like thirty or forty, like quick ones. Yeah, yeah easily. I know we did a case of mason jars and then however many of those vases she had, which was a bunch. Okay, well, then maybe it was probably like 20 or 30 and then the buckets. But mm -hmm. anyway, it went over really well. We saw some people, um, you know, a lot of people we we knew. I mean, I would say we knew probably like a third of the people there, uh, yeah. maybe towards a half. I don't know. But yeah. all all like from Blue Mountain. Yeah, and that's all people. It's not really we. You you knew them. I, I'm always in the back of Blue Mountain, so people don't see me. Well, you know, um, Nikki and Anne Marie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the rest of them are all are all more customers versus um. You know, super regulars. Although they are regular customers, you know, but there's all there's all the different tiers of that too, you know. But anyway, we don't need to get into any of that business. But <laughs> it was great. Like they had um all sorts of local meats and everything because that's like something that Kate and David do really well is they support the local businesses and um remain like super loyal to whatever they decide to support. Um and they're. The realtor that helped them with um, get their house, um, 
she was actually saying this, but it's like what I tell tell people about about them a lot too, you know, that is because they they are like they're they're in weekly, they have all of their stops, they support all of these local businesses, you know, they 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 literally walk and talk or talk walk the walk. Anyway, um so they had this huge, you know, display from you like meat and meat display from the chop shop, um, which was amazing. They had her local cheeses um, that she had liked because she makes cheeses as well. So these were the first hard cheeses that she had cracked open. She had other cheeses. Um, what other food was there? Um, yeah, well. Plenty of local wine. All the wine they've chose, or almost all of it, was um, from North Carolina because I guess they're yes. trying to That's right. get a taste test equivalent for what he's going to be trying to make, which is going to be like three years at least before it starts producing grapes. Um, and then who knows how long after that. Oh, well, no, I think that they were saying that they were that he was hoping to have wine made in three years. So I'm wondering um, if they're doing like fast growing varieties or something like that maybe we'll see i don't know i know grapevines take a long time they do but i remember they said they were saying that they would have another party like with his wine in three years yeah maybe i miss miss i mean no that's what they're saying but you know they might be optimistic (laughs) true um but yeah most like i think the other stuff was uh just things that like random spread stuff they got from like fresh market and things like that i think chop shop was the only real provider as you know aside from what kate had made um did an ice cream tasting uh for her stuff that she does which is really good and yeah that's about it as far as food yeah, goes i think the other big one i was thinking of was wine which you you brought up because yeah i, I had this white wine i don't even remember where i don't know what it was but it was like it almost tasted like beginning of it almost tasted like a like scuppernogs or muscadines, you know, like it had like that super tart, delicious. Like it was, it was really good. I liked that one a lot. It was like a dry riesling, I think. I know it was from North Carolina, but I'll have to ask her about it. And she had everyone's cards out too, which was nice. Yeah, she's. Uh, they are good about promoting that. Like you said, that brand loyalty for the for the locals, and it was a good networking opportunity for us. So. Yeah, not really the the best at party scenes and meeting new people. Um, I'm not quite a social butterfly, but you know it's good to at least show your face around. <laughs> I think we did very well there too, because you know everyone always loves you when they meet you. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, so <laughs> and luckily some of these people knew me, and you know, so that eased into it. But we do need to get better at that, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, it comes with practice. But, I mean, I, I could have been, if I hadn't <laughs> if I had such trouble going to sleep the night before, I think it was about 2, 2.30 by the time I finally went to bed. It's just laying there, trying to get tired, not happening. And then getting up at 7.30, and then going right into that. Uh, it was a It was a big day for me. <laughs> going on <laughs> like not too much uh not too much sleep so yeah it was uh ugh. yeah i felt bad too because woke up did all that all sweating the field and drank an energy drink when we were doing the 
the bouquets um had the kind of stress behind that for the hour and a half of just rushing all of a sudden just like the sudden stop and, and then socialize it was two hours <laughs> yeah but i mean by the time we started working it was an hour and a half like getting everything out of the car setting it up and like pulling all the vases and everything we didn't really yeah, have but that, that much counts as work yeah but i mean Unloading as far as counts. just building stuff oh yeah yeah um yeah i was um i was trying hard not to i mean i was definitely you know having my own little brand of stressing out in my head um but i think i controlled it better than i ever have in a situation like this when we used to do markets farmers markets then of selling like our our handmade goods then i would freak out every single week um so it was nice to see a, a difference there i was uh calmer i mean i was definitely still like kind of freaking out but i felt more in control you know and not as a not as just straight panicky um yeah but it helped because they were very they were very relaxed about everything so you know yeah perks of being a perfectionist quote-unquote perks quotes Right. Yeah, and uh, it gets in your way sometimes, especially when you have to rush. But uh, it makes the makes flowers easy about that. They're they look good on their own. You don't really have to do too much to make them look pretty because they're already pretty. Um, that's that was my whole philosophy for it. it. Was just hey, throw a bunch of junk in a jar and here we go. Oh, that looks alright. <laughs> Got to balance the colors and shapes and it's standing so. Booyah. <laughs> you are definitely faster and much more loose than I am. Yeah. Which is good because that's what we that's what we need. And I think it's also, you know, you do have more of the visual art background than I do. And like you said, you know, color shapes, you're like it it happens faster for you. Um sometimes I feel like it happens immediately for me, but then I just overthink everything too much and it all just like goes crazy but again I'm I'm getting better I didn't I did much better and, and there were a couple ones that I made in there that I really liked I mean like they were I thought they were I thought they were all good and they, and it looked like things that you pulled out of your garden you know like that you made and and that is what she wanted so I think that 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 all worked out well um, but there were definitely some that I was like man like I actually really like these you know and it and I remember them taking just like maybe five or ten minutes which is still kind of long like when you're trying to do a lot but considering that my first arrangement took me three hours then I feel like five or ten minutes is like a really a huge step up. yeah that's <laughs> definitely an improvement on time <laughs> yes so there you go there like you go. they say practice you know practice makes perfect yeah, and that's all that's all art ever really is. You get the basic concepts and then just practice and practice, practice, practice. Use those same concepts uh, like across different mediums and practice some more. And that's kind of all it is. I've just been lucky enough to, I guess, be doing it longer. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but it works, you know? Yeah, totally. 
Um, and you're get you're getting there. You're a fast learner. You um you always surprise me how how quick you can pick things up and run with them. I'm less inclined to like to do that as I get older for some weird reason that is I guess my cognitive capacity is hitting its limit or something it's uh I don't learn as quickly as I used to because I'm not learning as many new skills and you're still learning super fast because you you constantly pick up new crafts and everything so yeah you're working those muscles more than I am that is true I'll agree with that yeah I mean not like why like yeah like the because while you were saying that, I was like, at first I was thinking, no, that's not true. And then I was like, well, actually, it might be because, you know, even every, every like different like knitting pattern or whatever I do, like I, there, there's a different way of thinking about it. Like the the last hat pattern, it was there was a pattern you created, but you're also creating the pattern with the colors. So you're following the pattern of the hat, but also mixing in a lot of color changes in there. So even though it is an incredibly simple, like if like hat to make, like I could probably knit it in a couple hours if I wasn't doing the color changes, then doing the color changes and keeping everything, you know, going in the, you know, following it all, then it made it kind of difficult, you know? So anyway, like, so I agree with, I agree with what you said. I don't know. Like, that's what I was thinking of when you were talking about it. Cause I was like, yeah, I was like, because that at one point, because then at the, at the end of the hat, you do the decreases to make, make it foam form the dome at the top. Conical. So yeah. So you're not only doing the pattern of the hat, um, the pattern of the color, then they're adding in the decrease pattern in it as well. So then you throw you're throwing another one in there. So the the last little section, um, and it was also when it just happened to fall of when I was doing an ombre on that one, and I hit the center, and then I had to reverse back. So I was reversing the color pattern <laughs> instead of following my previous one. Um, so at one point I was like doing that, and I was like, "Am I gonna have to like make myself notes for this?" And I was like, "No, I got this." But I was like. I have to finish it tonight. Like it was like one of those, once I started the decrease section, I was just going to plow through it. Like, and I was so tired when I was doing it, but I knew if I let, if I let all the patterns go, then I want to know exactly where to pick back up with all of them again, you know? Mm -hmm. So pick up knitting, I guess, and then knit that hat or or (laughs) something. I don't know. Yeah. Knit you dirty knit people knitters <laughs> get uh you know get your brain going work those muscles otherwise they go atrophied just like everything else true you lose it if you don't use it and i mean there's like that's that like with the waldorf um homeschooling technique or or practice or i don't really know like like method or i guess like teaching method then um then that's like they teach knitting to kids to like teach them how to like count and keep track of patterns and stuff like that. Wait, specifically for knitting or just in general? Well, they use knitting to teach the skill. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Like, cause they're, they're more about like learning how to do 
you know, things like that, like knitting to teach you the academics, more hands-on learning versus like book learning, like when they're, when they're little, like, um, and I mean, I guess the Waldorf, you can take them all the way through. I think of it as more of like the younger ones, because that's normally where I see it is like people tend to take, take their kids to Waldorf to like maybe like middle school, you know, elementary school is done like that. And then maybe they'll switch to like Montessori or something in there. Um, when they hit middle school or, or maybe the kid wants to go to public school or something like that, you know, or charter school or something or whatever, like they tend to once middle school hits and they tend to like deviate into other realms. But that's just like my experience with, with homeschool, homeschoolers, which is just around here, you know. Um, yeah. But just cool little tidbit. While they're schooling. I think my sister does a deviation of that or whatever, <laughs> a derivative or some sort of something's tied into Waldorf on her side too. She does homeschooling as well. It's a big trend these days, which honestly is probably pretty good. Um, teaches a little, I guess more of a outside the box type of learning, which is better for these days. You need to be a little more inventive to get ahead. Well, I think it's really good. Like the way that Waldorf does. And even like Montessori, the little bit, I don't know as much about Montessori as Waldorf, but I'll, so I'll, I guess I'll just stick with Waldorf. So I really like Waldorf for like the elementary school level because you, it naturally exposes the kids to all sorts of different things. You know, like you do, you do gardening, you do crafts, you do cooking, you do all of these things, like sports, all, all of these different things um, to teach you the academics, and that's like how they do it. But it also allows you to see, or the kid to see, what they're into, you know? Like some of the stuff I didn't experience until I was older, you know? Like raising chickens or like, you know, gardening on like, you know, a, a larger scale than just like having, you know, a couple plants in your front yard, you know, um... I didn't see that until I was I was older. So exposing them to it at that young age, if they are interested in something like that, then they can pursue that passion and, like you said, really get ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big part of I guess, public schooling is they don't really teach kids to pursue the things they're interested in, the like the passionate projects. It's more of a, like I said, person mill. <laughs> right. Uh, just get him out there and, like into the workforce keep him in the in that system um yeah because like you remember when aaron wanted to be a seamstress or a seam seam i don't i guess a seamster would be a male seamster? i don't know yeah i don't know i don't even know like that comes up anyway whatever but um yeah like he wanted to be you know a seam a seamer he wanted to sew stuff when he grew up, he wanted to design, you know, not really like a fashion designer. I don't know, maybe that too, but, you know, he was like really into it. I don't think he does it anymore at all. I was really excited to see him like get into it. Yeah, but. Because I wish I got into that stuff like when I was little. Like making my own clothes and stuff. Yeah, what can you do? He's got older siblings that he's chasing around. True. Their passions become his passions. Because uh, sees cool stuff happening that older boys are doing, so yeah, makes sense. 
Um, but you know, that might always stay in the back of his head. Some of those passions when I was a kid are still around. So that's true. That's true. It could always be a hobby. Mm-hmm. And, and if knows. nothing else, at least he knows how to do it. Because I know a lot of people that have no idea how to sew or sew on a button or like anything, you know. And that's crazy to me. Like, I don't know. You should at least know how to sew a button on. Yeah, I can, but I don't think it's the right way of doing it. It's just a whole bunch of loops and garbage well, I mean, knots. So, well, sewing <laughs> buttons is like pretty much that. I mean, maybe not garbage knots. <laughs> but I mean, if it works, it works on that, you know, like that's why, like if you can, if you know how to th- cut thread and thread a needle, but I think most people just like look at like, they, they don't know where to start with it. So it's just done. But I'm like, no, it's re- like literally just, you need three things and like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, but first step's again, always if, the hardest. Yeah. If you never, like, if you've never been exposed to it, like that, at least I did you know, my mom did teach, like, teach us, well, I, actually, my, my grandma taught me how to sew on, like, these cards that had hole punches out of it, and it was, like, um, like a needle that you use for weaving in ends of knitting, one of those big plastic needles, and you use yarn, and she taught me how to knit, or how to sew on these, like, cardboard um, cards when I was really little, but later, my mom is the one who taught me how to like, you know, sew on buttons and, and fix stuff and darn holes and fix like holes in sweaters with like light bulbs and stuff like that. Um, so some stuff I did, I guess I did have like, I guess I was exposed to it and like covering the bases of making sure that I could go out into the world and again, know how to fix my clothes and stuff like that, but not, um, like she didn't, her sewing machine, didn't work and so it was all just like hand sewing and like the other stuff like sewing clothes by hand i mean come on why do it now that there's a sewing machine (laughs) it takes so long but anyway yeah but sewing machines complicated so there's that they uh definitely intimidate me that's for sure um but sewing machines yeah (laughs) <laughs> it was just a horrible just every time i get close to that foot that's going up and down just i have this nightmare scenario of just sewing all my fingers together somehow just a horrible accident it's happened so. oh yeah it happens that's why it's <laughs> it's a fear of mine <laughs> hasn't happened to me but good lord i just can't the thought of a needle going through my fingernail just gives me the willies and uh that's <clears throat> No, dog. That barrier is there to keep you away from me. Don't you dare knock it down. This is not Siege Castle Crashers. She's like so excited. She is. She saw progress. Yeah, you sit down. Don't lay into the wall. (sighs) Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, machines, needles going through my fingers. I don't want to be in the movie Saw or Hellraiser. No, thank you. I will stick to hand sewing. <laughs> so I can't, I'm pretty sure that at one point my sister had a needle go through her thumb when she was like pushing it through. Um, and this is like hand sewing. This wasn't even machine sewing. Yeah, um, pop it through leather or something. You got a lot of force No, she was going it. through like I think a couple layers of jeans or something. And she was pushing a needle through and it just like she, and she was like it was just like through my finger like and nothing. Probably through the meat though. Like it's it's really the, the nail that gets me. No, I feel like I feel like she was like pushing. 
We'll have to ask her about it. So I feel like she was like pushing it through and was just, just. No, we can we can just not ask her about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) All right. Well, enough about all of this. What's our next topic? Yeah. How the hell hell do we get on sewing? Um, I went on a tangent about knitting, and you know, we were talking about using our brains, and then there, there I went, just using our brains to get off topic which is fine that's what this show's about long form conversation yo um show you how interesting we are we're so interesting so so (laughs) cool we are so cool um (laughs) yeah so that's it for the the farm uh growing season's over we laid some plastic down for is that those are the beds we're gonna use for overwintering snapdragons or is that just something we're some of them okay but i mean we have that's um 11 beds and we have 15 going in mm-hmm. um the other ones we're going to deal with when we get back yep so nice little break before we go on vacation and get all of our other ducks in a row um yeah since that's it for business um what happened these couple of weeks we did anything cool i know there's a one big big ticket item that i wanted to talk about um i say let's roll right into it roll right into it the magic i mean hey do you, do you have time for a pre bro oh i always have time for a pre <laughs> you want to get a pre in bro get a pre in let's get a pre a Just pre real quick. being a grand pre in pre. mario kart 8 deluxe <laughs> that's a uh, yeah big news and my child or adult child <laughs> life here <laughs> got the old nintendo switch um if anybody has been keeping track of our escapades on turbo sidekicks we had this whole super switch save up going on for this summer and i'm proud to say i'm the first of the group to get it michael ward almost beat me he um uh, he got his the day after i did <laughs> so Ooh, suck it, Michael. Ooh. Ooh second place is just it means loser. You're just the first loser. <laughs> Not true, Michael. You're awesome. You are awesome. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're a great guy. Yeah. You're such a good guy. And Kelsey, the son of a bitch, has not gotten his yet. Which he's just trying to be an adult and finishes. I was gonna say Kelsey's trying to better himself. <laughs> He's going to make himself a website, a portfolio site, before he gets his Switch and falls into the same video game hole that I'm in. Um, so, yeah. Which is true. He should be an adult. He should better himself. Yeah, where's the fun in that? He should get his, he should get his um, website together before buying the Switch. So Yeah, but if you have any self-control, you can do both at the same time. <laughs> Burn. Burn. <laughs> um, Would you like some aloe for that wicked burn, Kelsey? <laughs> he's not even going to hear this. He's not. Um, it still makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's important. <laughs> Remember when we had that aloe tree in the kitchen of Blue Mountain last year? Like occasionally, like it would it would be on the, like there was an aloe plant on top of the refrigerator for a while, like the cooler. Um, behind like the dose station. Yeah, that didn't last like in more than a week before it got knocked over and killed. 
Oh, well, I would randomly pull it down. Like, when any, anytime somebody did a wicked burn, I'd be like, Alo. <laughs> <laughs> and I always laughed. I still do. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Very rarely would anyone laugh as hard as me. Well, it does suck to be on the receiving end of a burn and then get but a burn on top of that. But I wouldn't be throwing the burns out. I would just be offering help. <laughs> soothing <laughs> just keep going <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't think they soothe the soul as well as they soothe blisters <laughs> well they soothe my damn soul because I just god I just loved it I like rode that joke for a while too right anyway yeah so if anyone out there gets a switch you should like instant message me or whatever they call it these days dming i don't know um, yeah dming direct to messaging give me a stupid friend code because they haven't gotten their crap together when it comes to online stuff um because you work with this archaic system where you have to know somebody in person which is fine like i get it they're protecting kids but at the same time it's a little overkill um well, I think it's just overkill because of the length of the code. I mean, I just looked it's at it. It's a social security number, pretty and, much. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like 20 numbers. It was more oh, like more, a barcode yeah, than, than a yeah. Like, I was like, they, they don't give you, like, they barcode you. They don't give you, like, a number. They they barcode you. I was like, at first, okay, that's cool. Like, then, like I said, I saw it and I was like, that's just ridiculous. And then with letters and everything mixed into, it's crazy. Yeah, but I'm hoping anyway. that um, they're changing their online thing. It, like, it's been free for the first year and a half that this thing has been out. And I'm hoping that they, since they're about to launch the paid service, it's only 20 bucks a year compared to everybody else being a little more than that. I'm hoping everything gets easier. The big thing would be voice chat would be nice. I don't know if they're actually going to do that. Um, but either way, I can still... Get a pre in with my bros. <laughs> Even if we're not talking, we can still like text or whatever. Well, um, on a side note, you told or you asked them to DM you if they have a switch, but you didn't say where or who you are. Oh, uh, we're gonna plug Do right wanna, now. Yeah, let's do it. Premature plug. <laughs> I mean, you know, see the opportunity and I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Um so yeah, hit me up on the amazing Strider Man on Instagram or Pain Fork Farm on Instagram. Um, go to our website, leave comments on our episodes, uh, rate us, review us, all that fun stuff. Subscribe. Yeah, but don't leave friend codes on reviews. That's a bad idea. Um, Unless you're you getting email- adventurous, I don't know. <laughs> Do what you want. It's a free country. <laughs> you can email us too. Which yeah. is also on the contact us section on the website, but paintforkfarm at gmail.com. Yep. Go to that.com. It's all there. It's all the things, right? That's sure. Oh, uh, yeah. That seems right. Usually that's how we end the episode. Uh, uh, yeah, here. I, want, I mean, <laughs> it was so, it was like perfect lead in because you said DM me. But how? How? Who are these people? But uh, all in all, I guess I I can talk about the system itself. If anybody out there doesn't know what a Switch is, um, it's it's Nintendo's newest system. It's kind of a melding of a regular high-end HD console and a portable gaming experience. So it's um, 
kind of a mix of uh, like the Game Boy and the Wii. You have some motion controls and things like that. Some other kind of gimmicky things you can do with it. Um, the controllers on it, they come off the sides and you can use each controller as one um, or you can like hand them off to other people and play like split screen on the thing itself I think has like a four by six inch screen uh, you can hook up to eight people to it depending on what game you're playing it's a kind of one of those nice really accessible uh, like party machine kind of things just if anybody's interested in playing stuff you just pull it out set it up on the table throw them a little controller and have fun with it there's a lot of really neat design things that they put into it um, Nintendo's Something about their stuff, I don't know if it's because I'm biased from growing up with Nintendo things being like the holy grail or not, but it's a, yeah, something about it's just kind of magical when it comes to that. They, most of the Nintendo licensed games are great for everyone to play. They're super easy to get into. They're just as challenging for experienced gamers as they are for new ones. And it kind of levels the playing field when it comes to a lot of that type of gaming. Uh, Mario Kart in particular doesn't matter if you're in first, you can go from first to 12th in no time flat. And that's part of the fun of it. It uh, gets newcomers and old gamers together to have fun. It's pretty neat. And I love the fact that you can just switch between television and portable in no time. You just pop it in the dock and it automatically flips over, pull it out, and flips back to the other. It's it's pretty cool. It's uh, definitely a big achievement. So... Yeah, and kind of it's good for home life too. Not always holding a screen hostage, so that's nice. But yeah, you got one pre in. I did. <laughs> I have done something to one of my hands. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but certain things really mess with it. And unfortunately, playing video games is one of them. Um. I was talking to someone after work about this just the other day and how angry I was. I was thinking about it like, or back to, there was a night where you were at work and all I wanted to do was play Tomb Raider. And I got like, I don't know, just to where I was remembering what was happening in the story and how to play. And my hand started hurting like super bad and I had to stop and then with this, I think since I was, I'm not used to it. I've never, I don't have any experience with Nintendo except for very limited with uh, my friend Garner. Um, then I was like gripping it really hard and it's like small and like just the way I had to use it. But anyway, I wasn't doing very good in the one pre I did do. So I'll have to work on that once my hand gets better. Yeah, so um, all in all, it's pretty straightforward as far as gaming goes, but it just takes a little bit of practice. And I love watching it. I love watching you know, Mario Kart. I love watching all the games that you've been playing on it, Zelda and, and all of that. Like, it's Nintendo always seems to have like the most fun games to watch because they're they're super colorful. They're they got like wacky noises. They're louder. I mean, I don't know. Most of the stuff I've seen has just been Mario stuff, so maybe it's just Mario, not Nintendo in general. But I mean, I know like, did they do they have Donkey Kong and stuff like that too? Like, I know they have mm -hmm. Bandicoot and 
um, Zelda. Yeah, um, they re-released the Donkey Kong remaster. I think it's a. I might be like Donkey Kong Country one and two as like a completely rebuilt thing. Uh, it's supposed to be really fun. Um, well, I think it's a Donkey Kong Jungle Freeze, whatever the hell that means. I might get it one day, might not. Um, Kirby is kind of up on my list, but last Kirby game I played was a little too kid-oriented, like a little too easy for a platformer. Um, but man, yeah, you, you mentioned Zelda. Breath of the Wild is insane. It's so good. It's uh, the first open-world Zelda game that we've had. Most of them are kind of semi-open-world, but they're pretty linear as far as games go. This one's just straight up. Skyrim meets uh meets Zelda. It's fantastic. And it all all the little attention to detail that they which is a very Nintendo centric thing is the amount of detail that they put into just the little satisfying fun elements of gaming. Um Zelda's chock full of it. And just the fact that you can do so many different things in so many different ways and go anywhere you want, plus it looks amazing like you said uh really bright and colorful it's kind of a cell shaded which uh is like the cartoony look but also a little more sophisticated um i can't think of a good movie analog but it's a uh, yeah it's nice i love being able to just like go look at a mountain and climb to the very top of that mountain nothing's gonna hold you back from going anywhere you want to go and then once you get to the top of that mountain just Shield surf down, jump a cliff, use a hang glider, <laughs> land in the river, something like that. Jump on a horse and go fight some goblins and solve some puzzles. And that one in particular has got like every, I don't know how many shrines, which are like the little puzzle um, levels, are in there. But they've all been very different and unique. And some of them are kind of playing off of the uh, the technology of the Switch, like the motion controls and things like that. I know last night you saw me working kind of a, what do they call those, like the ball bearing mazes? Labyrinth. Is it, it's just a labyrinth? Yeah, that's those? what they're called. Oh, okay. We had an awesome one growing up. But yeah, it's a, you take the controller and it's you're literally tilting and turning it, which turns a platform on the screen when you're just trying to like work this giant ball through a, through a maze to get to the other side. It's uh, kind of frustrating because the disconnect of screen to controller was was weird but i'm sure in handheld mode it would have been a lot easier it would have actually matched up and being able to watch it but you know power through think it about that when you were doing it <laughs> yeah i just eventually <laughs> you started cheating a yeah little bit. i mean it wasn't really cheating it was a sweet move well, i flip the controller upside down and then flip it back real quick and it would kind of jump the rails into the end of the maze and then i'd roll it one way and then flick it up and try to like, because <laughs> you eventually had to jump the ball onto an, a track, and yeah, I was. I tried it regular for a while, and then said screw this because of that disconnect was a little weird, and then just broke the system. <laughs> well, and yeah, well, you had to you had to go out onto this plank and like jump it like an abyss, like it's not like like because you could you the ball could go off of the plane, which is how it was different than the labyrinth, and you would have to start over. Right. Um, because labyrinth the game is closed off, but then yeah, then the end you had to do like the jump part. And, um, it was interesting to watch. Yeah, and I mean that's another thing that's like <laughs> all those puzzles that I've come across on that have been really straightforward and 
like just the right amount of challenging. It's it's so weird how like all those like Nintendo stuff. I keep saying it's that balance of fun, challenging, not too hard, not too not too crazy or frustrating. It's just just enough to get you satisfied, um, which is a really hard thing to hit for video games. Um, most of the time, it's not as much quality more than you know over quantity and they definitely focus on quality which is nice uh, you can you can tell like just playing different games and stuff it's a there's a big difference there well let me ask you this so like i was saying earlier i always think of nintendo as mario kart you know zelda stuff donkey kong stuff like that now i know on the nintendo switch you can play skyrim mm-hmm. but does nintendo one, does Nintendo make games? Yes. Okay, and then two, does Nintendo make games like that? Or are their games more of just like Mario? You know, like... They tend to make more Mario-centric, platformy type games. Um, Zelda is the okay, closest that's thing. that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, this Breath of the Wild has been the closest to Skyrim. I think on a... They... What Mario Odyssey... The newer Mario is kind of a more open world scenario, similar to Mario 64. Um, so they don't do a whole lot of open stuff, which is what many games do these days. Well, but also like, so I know like on PlayStation and Xbox, like you can play Elder Scrolls on both. Mm-hmm. But previously, like besides this one with Nintendo, could you play, like did they have other other games like that? out for that system or was it just kind of more of what i always thought nintendo was nintendo it had its own games it had its own system like its own way it was like this special just like gold standard it was it was like mac you know where they're just like we don't we're not gonna like be compatible with anybody you Um, know (laughs) yes and no um they a lot of it's like depends on the game company like the producer whether or not they want to cross-platform things and deal with the different demands of you know to retooling their whatever game they made to fit certain uh, like hardware specifications and things like that that's why a lot of the stuff in the recent years like from from Wii to Switch has been um, very like a lot of the stuff that came out on the bigger systems were not as easily portable to the Wii and Wii U because of the hardware specifications. Um, they they weren't HD systems, they didn't have as much processing power, and a lot of the weird thing about um, those two systems uh, were the controls were really gimmicky, they kind of focused a lot on the motion control side of it, um, which isn't conducive to a lot of like shooters and um, other triple a titles and stuff like that they it's just they kind of went their own path and tried to push this it's uh it's really a gimmicky market and they kept a lot of it around for the switch but they refined it you know like like doing the labyrinth thing that's the motion controls like the wii was two separate controllers in each hand and you used pretty much your whole body and stuff like that you could still use a controller but it was a little weird and most of it really like aside from motion controls a lot of it was the hardware that most AAA titles would have to dumb things down, or the games are too big or too processor heavy to put them on there. A lot of like a lot of the big shooters did, um, you know, like Call of Duty and Battlefield and stuff like that. They 
they always cross-platform everything just to increase sales. But the smaller companies that can't afford that, then, you know, what's the point? If they knew that most of the people using the older Nintendo systems weren't really hardcore gamers, they were more, like, social gamers or kids, then not really a big market pool for it, might not, you know, don't focus on it. That's kind of, that's why Nintendo went through this weird kind of, um, like in uh, insular cell or stage is that right well, they just kind of became their own thing and not a lot of outside companies did much with them because of that um which is fine all those they produce a lot of fun stuff in the interim but people people like me who are more i guess hardcore gamers just uh it's more of a turn off you know um and yeah the whole not doing not supporting online stuff was a big deal too because this like even the switch doesn't have voice chat yet and hopefully it does we, it's still kind of up in the air whether or not it will those old systems you couldn't chat with anybody so it was you could you couldn't play with friends as well you, you could but it's not as fun when you can't talk to anybody might right. as well be playing computers you know um so yeah it's a, it's a lot of reasons um almost all of which is hardware over games because pretty much everything nintendo studios puts out is good but you know there's no point in buying a system for like six games right unless it's worth it (laughs) and really like the for the switch there's about the same thing there's there's a lot of games on it that would be cool to play but there's not a whole lot that i'm excuse me pining for but the portability aspect of it and being able to just hand out controllers and play it anywhere with other people is that's a big big selling point for me so yeah this one they finally refined all their gimmicks and put it in one solid package so cool yeah that's that's our that's that's nerdy talk nerd corner hey i'm nerd (laughs) what's up hey well i mean that's what we're supposed to talk about with the nintendo switch this is cool yeah um more you know boom mm-hmm. and if anybody wants to ever play I'm always down just ask I probably always have it on me that's the nice thing about it um so yeah jeez I mean that's that's a big chunk of fun I guess uh we did some other stuff we had friends in town and yes Kelsey came to visit yeah um, I feel like, did we talk about that on the last one? No, that was, last time we recorded was a week before he came into town. Oh, I thought we might have mentioned that he was coming into town. Maybe. We did go tubing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think, I mean, he seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, I think I he expected it, it to be something different, but not, uh, what, he, what he got I think was probably more enjoyable for him. Yeah, because what we do is very mellow. You just, like, ours is nice and chill and relaxing. Um, I know other places you go tubing and it's more like rapids and going fast and ours, I mean, it was a fast day because we had gotten rain and everything, but I mean, like the French party where the section we're doing, even when there's a lot of water, I mean, it just goes faster. It doesn't like, there's just not a lot of rapids in that part or stuff or anything. Yeah. There's some bridges and it's all very mellow. Um, so it's more of just like chilling and. Getting your tan on and relaxing. Mm-hmm. 
getting your feet in some water. The old lazy river. Yep. Oh, well, you got anything else you want to talk about? No. No, I mean, I, I feel like this is good. Cool. Might well, be a guys, shorter episode. I feel like it's shorter. No, we're at an hour right now. There you go. Chop a little bit out in the middle for breaks and... Boom. Yeah. There Bob's you go, people. Uncle. We're done. So take that. Love you later. Uh, bye. Have a good week. What? Bye. Oh, okay, bye. Ha <laughs> ha. Bye.